1: Welcome into latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Shaka Hislop and Stevie Nickel. We'll be talking about all the action from across Europe later on in the show, but we'll start with the breaking news: that Kylian Mbappe will join Real Madrid in the summer. La Parisienne reported it earlier today, and it has been substantiated by our very own Julian Laurent. It looks like, after all the drama, all the soap opera, he will be going to the Spanish capital. Luis Garcia, Frank for the man himself, Julian Laurent. Uh, joins us. Jules, why is this time different to others when we thought he was going?
2: That's a good question, Dan. I think he feels now at 25. He gave it another go in Paris. Remember all the drama from two years ago in, in May 2022 when we all thought that he was finally going to go to Real Madrid and in the end he changed his mind. I think there was a lot of going back and forth and changing his mind all the time and in the end he decided to stay, just to stay a bit longer to see if maybe he could deliver the Champions League for the first time ever in Paris. But I think he feels right now that this is the right time for him to to get a big move, the big change, even for his own career, I think on and off the pitch to get to another level, another dimension. And there's no bigger club really than Real Madrid. It's also one of his dreams to play and to wear that shirt that his, his idols growing up, Zinedine Zidane and Cristiano Ronaldo, wore before. So I think this time he felt probably more like the right thing to do than it was two years ago.
1: And this is it, Jules? There's not going to be a phone call from the French president okay. or whoever to ring him up and say, do this for the country, stay with us for one more season?
2: I don't think so this time, really. He seems to have made his mind up properly, completely as well. I mean, with him, we never know. But this time, although he hasn't yet told PSG or Real Madrid, neither the two clubs, but within the family, uh, between themselves. They've decided. I think a few people start to um, be aware now. They're starting telling people. Obviously, the, the, the news is starting to break everywhere uh, because I think he wanted he wanted a resolution very very quickly, early. Last time, remember, two years ago was in May. That was really late, I think, for everyone. This time, everybody, the two clubs and, and himself wanted a decision to make as early as possible. And now he's done it. They played on Friday night. And I think... 10 days before the Champions League is back in Paris, I, I think it's no coincidence that he decided to, um, to to take his decision. Now, we expect him to announce it officially, properly next week, mm. maybe Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, that's what we've been told. But it doesn't look like now anything is going to change. Frank, you've been a big
1: champion of him staying in Paris. You felt like it was a good fit for him. Do you feel like now
3: is the right time to move away? Yes, I think, I, think, uh, I really think that, uh, like, just, just explained that there is a time where you have the, the right to change your mind. You've done everything you had to do to, uh, to try to help your favorite uh, club and your and, and, and it's what he, he did and it didn't work. So he has a chance to, uh, to go to a, a bigger level, as he just explained, go to another another planet of football, I would say, uh, comparing to, to League 1. And uh, if he has this opportunity, we cannot say anything to, uh, to him and complain about anything. I think it's pretty nice for him to, to have stayed longer to Paris Saint-Germain to try something. Now there is a time to turn the page and, uh, and open maybe another, another fantastic episode of his uh, football career. I, I'm, I'm happy for him if he decides that and there is nothing much to say except, yes, he wants to say it now, but imagine if uh, Real Madrid and, and Paris Saint-Germain face each other in the Champions League before the end of the season. It's going to be something to say about. There will definitely be something to say about that. I would suggest you're right, Frank. Uh,
1: Luis, overall, you can only see positives, can't you, for Real Madrid and indeed La Liga?
4: Yes, of course, uh, uh, for a player like uh, Kylian Mbappé, the amount of qualities he got, the presence and exposure around the world for La Liga is a fantastic news for Real Madrid. Of course, having a player with his... And a player who can bring more than 25 goals a season, that would be fantastic for them. I think that's something that they've been missing since the, the departure of Cristiano Ronaldo or Karim Benzema. And uh, yeah, but again, we've been talking. We knew that it will happen at some point. He mentioned very early on his career that he wanted to join Real Madrid at some point. We've been talking about this for four, five years already, and uh, now it's uh, again uh, rumors. We haven't heard from him, so. I think until we don't see him just saying, listen, I'm going to play, uh, Real Madrid, I'm just going to wait and hold my horses here because uh, we've, we've seen this uh, too many often and in the end, it didn't happen.
1: Where do you play him, Stevie? And does he fit into this Real Madrid team that you imagine will be champions come the end of the season? Well, I think if you're going to go and
5: get a player like him, you play him where he's best. And he's best going down that left. I think, I think Vinny this season is probably getting used to not being as wide mm-hmm. uh, and will probably go from initially questioning why he's going through the middle to I don't mind this I like I quite like playing a little higher up the field probably has less defending to do as well so I think you play Mbappe uh, down that left-hand side where where you get the best out of him yeah you, ha- you can't sign a play like that and play him out of position does that make sense Jules
2: Yeah, I mean, both Vinicius and Kylian like that left-hand side. I think at that level and with those kind of players, I I would suspect that the system stays the same. So you can easily have Bellingham as a 10, the three midfielders behind, and then Vinicius and Mbappe up front or Mbappe-Rodrigo. There's a lot of combination that you can have. I think at that level, the fluidity up front, whoever is playing, There's not really a left and a right and a center, if you want, with players like that. You can have a front three of Vinicius, Rodrigo and Kylian, and then all of them kind of interchange, like everything could be quite fluid. What we've seen in the last three months in Paris with Luis Enrique is Luis Enrique saying, "Okay, Kylian, I know you prefer playing on the left hand side because you usually have more space to use your pace especially, but you are the best number nine that we have in Paris. So I'm going to play you in the nine, in the nine position, which is the position, and we've talked about it many, many times on the show, that Kylian didn't used to like that much. He preferred either playing a two up front, but not so much on his own, a bit isolated, where he's, he's got his back to goal a lot. There's two centre-backs behind him all the time. But it seems that in the last few weeks, he kind of started to like it a little bit more. He's been quite efficient. He's, been, he's improved, really, in that lone striker role up in Paris, which I think... Could easily be the position that he will take up at Real Madrid. And again, if it's a front three or front two of Vinicius and him with Bellingham behind, again, I think he'd be very happy with that.
1: Mbappe, Vinicius Jr., Bellingham. It's going to be fun, Shaq.
6: Yeah, not, not a bad starting lineup if you could get those three in, in, in your, your attacking lineup. Um, Listen, I, I think as much as this move has been in a long time coming, I think uh, Kylian Mbappe needs it as much as anyone just to continue his, his own advancement. Um, and, and it adds a, a, an incredible threat to, to Real Madrid, as, as, as we've mentioned. A year ago, I, I, the question, I think, rightly was, where does he play, given what we've seen of Vinicius? Um, but as Jules and Stevie were saying, more and more this season, you've seen Vinicius happy to come inside, whether it was alongside Rodrigo. And all of a sudden, I think both those players, both Rodrigo, who had complaints at the start of the season, Vinicius wasn't quite sure, have kind of grown to, to um, appreciate that. that new formation that Ancelotti has. So there's no real suggestion, um, given the talents of these players and, and given Ancelotti's man management, who again, I think is key to all of this, that he somehow makes this work, either as a front two or as a front three with, with Bellingham in behind.
1: Osman to replace him, Jules, at PSG? Well,
2: what's really interesting, I think, and again, the... the they knew there was a chance for him to stay. Of course, there's always a chance. The, 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 the financial offer that PSG have put on the table is way better than Real Madrid. It's even better than what he's earning now, which is 72 million gross a year. So they they even improved that. It will take a, a huge pay 50% pay to go to Real Madrid. But they knew that if the money might not just be enough, basically, and that he would go he would go to Real Madrid because he wanted something bigger like we've explained. So there was a plan with Kylian next season and another plan with that. And I think from a long time at the club, they kind of had a feeling that it would be without him. So there's names already on the table, like Rafael Leao, who they see as the perfect replacement for Mbappe. It will cost you a lot of money, of course, but by... Kylian leaving in the summer, even as a free agent, as we've explained also before, you're saving off the money, the, the bonuses that you would have to pay him had he stayed, which is around between 80 and 100 million euros. So they would have money to spend for his replacement. I think one of the dreams that the Qatari had was Erling Haaland. I, I can tell them now this is not going to happen. However, I think Rafael Leao is more of a possibility. And then you see who else you can sign. But if you get Rafael Leao, I think this is already... A, a good replacement. It's not Mbappé, not yet, but it's a good replacement.
1: Yeah, it's all right, Frank, but I'm a PSG supporter and 18 months ago, my front three was Neymar, Messi and
3: Mbappé, and now they're all going, all gone. Yeah, but it didn't work. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, it's been proven that uh, having stars and mega stars and uh, trying to uh, uh, to, to, to to mix their, their, their talents together doesn't work because it's hard to cope with the egos, it's hard to cope with the, the tactic and, uh, and especially with three players who doesn't know or d- don't want to uh, uh, to defend, uh, it's, it's complicated. And uh, and uh, you can have one, maybe, it's possible. It, ha- it happens with Messi at Barcelona, Ronaldo in Madrid. It didn't work with M- Mbappé and only Mbappé in Paris Saint-Germain. But I think it's a time for them to, uh, to try something else. Uh, I think, and we all know, that uh, until the Qataris don't change the way they think the football and the hierarchy that they have to impose, it, it would never work. Uh, Craig always mentioned Paris Saint-Germain as a circus. We're not too far from there. As because they don't want to listen to the others, to people who are completely neutral, who say, no, it's not the way you should work. And you've been doing that for like almost 15 years. And you didn't win the championship because you weren't uh, listening to, the, uh, to, to people who know and have the experiences. And it's why, uh, even with the best players that you can get, the money that you have, you're not going to achieve anything because you don't have that discipline. Good few weeks of Barcelona then, Luis. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, when they are good news for Real Madrid, you know that they are not going to be good news for Barcelona. And having a player like him at Real Madrid with the amount of talent that they have already, with Vinicius be with Bellingham, it's not going to be easy to to, to work with the, the three of them or with the four of them. I, I can tell you that because in the end, they are players that uh, um, in defense they don't work. That much, and you know, and you guys are mentioning uh, uh, that uh, when you have a fantastic group of talents and brilliant and big stars, uh, it, that always works. Uh, you need to make a good uh, environment around. You need to make a good uh, structure to, to hold that. Uh, but definitely, I mean, we are talking about goals and how difficult it is to get goals on your team and on your, your side. There are not many, many players who can score over 30 goals a season. Maybe we can count it with one hand, four or five uh, that I have in mind nothing else. And if you can grab one of those, definitely I will go for it. So, yeah, bad news for Barcelona.
1: Uh, Did you have big plans today, Jules? What were you up to when all this broke? It must have been fun.
2: Yeah, I had one. One <laughs> child was at a birthday party. The other one has just finished gymnastics. One was at football, and then all that broke. It's a bit like the two years ago yep. when I was at the park with the, lead, the youngest one of the three, and then he all he all exploded. It's a bit. It's a bit similar today.
1: Uh, thank you very much, Jules, as always uh, for coming on. Of course, we'll be keeping an eye on this story as it develops. Well, meanwhile, Real Madrid without killing Mbappe are in action tomorrow in the big game against Atletico Madrid. They have a chance to stretch their lead at the top of the Table after Girona dropped points today. Uh, Real Madrid favorites going into the tie at the Santiago Bernabeu. Now, I know you guys spoke about it at length yesterday, but Luis, I just wanted a word from you on this tie. What are you expecting from it?
4: Well, it's going to be difficult to call, uh, Dan, I have to tell you, because this, uh, these two sides arrive in a fantastic moment. Both of them are with a lot on the stake, uh, even though with that Girona have dropped points today. And Real Madrid, if they manage to, to get a good result, they will put a little bit of a gap between Girona and them uh, Barcelona with a good win so it's still seven points behind so they cannot allow to, uh, to, to lose the game against Atletico Madrid and Atletico Madrid in great great form uh, they, we all remember the game that they play uh, in between them with uh, Atletico Madrid very strong and uh, I think at the moment it's going to be very difficult to go so exciting game um, I would love to see them both teams <laughs> draw and see that the, the, the league at the top gets a little bit closer. I don't want to see a race on, 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 of Real Madrid on his own. I want to see at the last of, the, of this competition a little bit more of a fight. Uh, but definitely Real Madrid is, is in, in a great moment. And well, I think they are favorites for this game.
1: Uh, Luis as always thank you very much now get ready for an unrivaled football experience in Spain we're unleashing not one not two but eight chances for you to win a La Liga jersey of your choice and now by entering any of the eight competitions you will secure your spot in the pool for a breathtaking trip to Spain to witness live La Liga action just go to ESPN plus Sweepstakes.com and tell us your favourite Madrid legend Jerona missed out on the opportunity to go top of the table. They couldn't imagine a 0 0 draw against Real Social. They thought they'd taken the lead early on in the first half, however, it would be chalked off for an offside that took place a good 36 seconds before the goal was scored. But in the end, it's a point apiece. Luis Garcia, Luis, we've got to talk about that goal. It makes no sense to rule that out, does
4: it? No, not at all. Um, we've been discussing at the half time. And not just the amount of time that uh, they spend uh, during that play, but it's the amount of plays that they went through until at all the arrival of the goal. If you haven't seen that this is an offside because it's very close, you take the decision to let it go, it's fine. If this get a play just finished, it's OK. But you cannot uh, stop uh, once uh, they have uh, scored the goal and say that, uh, that it was offside. 40 seconds before, after three different plays, after different, three different challenges, after the ball being clear, it's true that the rule says that until the ball doesn't go out, you can go back and, and check it. But definitely, it doesn't make sense at all because, as you can see, uh, the play has been played for three times, and it was the last one where they uh, scored the goal. So, yeah, in my in my opinion, they should have been stayed, and that was be uh, was going to be the first one, a uh, one elite for Girona.
5: Stephen. No. Absolutely not. He's offside. What do you mean he's offside? the well, linesmen, the the, 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 linesman, the linesman are told if they're absolutely, Unless it's a 100%, you keep your flag done.
1: But what you're doing, look, hit chance not it, clear it. New phase of play now. That's it. It's irrelevant. Yeah. Oh, well, by the way. If he's offside, the ball's, ball's going to be the that's other But that's not the law. Another
5: phase of play there. He's clearing care. it. That's not the law. You can't have it always. If you're telling linesman, unless you're 100% sure, don't put your flag up, then you can't have it always.
6: But it's you know, I, what, you, what you see happening in, in, in the instances that Steve is, is talking about, when the ball is cleared, at the end of that phase of play, then the referees flag, then the linesman's flag mm. goes up. That's at the end of that phase of play. So... so Well, I I can't speak for the linesman, but the fact that he doesn't put his flag up, I I don't think he thinks it's an offside, which which is totally fine. There's still there's still a human element. There's still human error to this game. But once that phase of play stops, the linesman, if he thinks it's offside, raises his flag. Otherwise, how many times does that ball have to be crossed and headed out or go up the other end before we, we, we call this back?
5: Well what? What that... I told you exactly what I think. He's offside. So let, let, I me, get, so, I really so let me I really, let me, really let me, don't let me really ask so Steve. Let, let me ask can, Steve. We've got enough rules and VAR can only do this and VAR can only do that and linesman can only do this and linesman can only do that. You know, are you gonna start introducing more rules? Okay well, no, now, no unless the ball goes out of play within fifteen
6: seconds. No nobody's saying uh, no, nobody nobody's uh, introduced no. hold on. I, what I said there, I, that's nothing new. That's how it's always been. When that phase of play ends, the linesman flag goes up. So that's nothing new. Nobody's introducing anything new. Let me, let me propose that this hypothetical. Suppose that when Girona first heads that, ball, heads that cross out, uh, where, when Solskjaer first, first heads the cross out, they go up the other end and score. Do you rule that goal out for Savio's offside? No, you don't. Yeah. Of course you do. No, no, I, well, I, I'm, I'm sure Socerado would take exception to that I, I think that the, the phase of play ends when that phase of play ends the linesman then has a duty to put this flag up that's how it's always been, that's how we've always seen it nobody's asking for anything new here
1: uh, Luis, away from that decision, Girona should they be concerned that they're starting to drop more points now?
4: Yes, of course, they know exactly their target is to be in the top four. Of course, it's a disappointment because you drop another two points after a very good game. But we knew that this game was going to be tough. Real Sociedad put a fantastic performance, high intensity, a lot of pressure on on Girona's side. And in the end, I think it was a fair result. But definitely it's a little bit of concern because if Real Madrid managed to get a three points tomorrow, the gap will go to four points and they will have to face Real Madrid with the urgency of winning that game. Because if you lose that game, you go seven points. So the chances of winning that competition, they are far gone. So yeah, it's a little bit of of concern to have dropped two points at home.
1: Overall it was a good day for Barcelona's there in the Basque Country taking on Alaves. They'd win the game by three goals to one, lovely finish by Lewandowski who's been under pressure of late and then a great goal from Gundogan to make it 2-0. Samu got one back to make it 2-1 but Vito Hockey would come off the bench and score once again to make it three to Barca. He would controversially be sent off for two very questionable uh, yellow cards and in the end it's a win for Xavi's side by three goals to one. And I felt the first time for a long time, Luis, we've been watching a Barcelona game and the last 20 minutes has actually been quite calm and
4: comfortable for Xavi's side. <laughs> yeah, it's a absolutely true. Even though when they were playing with uh, 10 men, they looked solid at the back, mm. they were confident and uh, dominant actually controlling the game and it's not very often that we've seen that on Xavi's side and today it was about that. To try to be solid at the back, that's why we saw Christensen playing as a holding midfielder, a totally new rule for for the player and a totally different system that the, today they, they play with a, a player who normally plays as a, as a center back, but try to introduce that thinking about being a little bit more consistent at the back. In the end, it was a fantastic result, getting three points again in the second time in a row and trying to bring that confidence back to the players that definitely they deserve because it's been a very uh, tough uh, two weeks and very shaky ones for for the manager.
1: Yeah, Xavi said after the game about the weight being lifted and it does give Barcelona players and staff now the chance just to breathe a bit, Luis, with no games midweek.
4: Yeah, exactly. A little bit of rest. As we all know, they got seven, eight players uh, injured, so they need to recover. We saw Pedri. Uh, leaving the, the game with a, with an nice on his uh, red, right uh, thigh. Also, Gudongans has left with problems in this bag. So, it's a fantastic moment for Barcelona to breathe a little bit, to rest, to get together and try to continue working on what is going to be a, a very long three months. Uh, Xavi mentioned to leave uh, at the end of the season, but it's still a lot of work. As uh, we all know, they're going to play Champions League in the next coming three weeks, I think it is. So, yeah, a lot of things to work and continue working because it's still a big, massive uh, Championships to, to for with the chance of winning it.
1: And a nice finish, Luis, from uh, Lewandowski, obviously, as I mentioned before, being criticized quite a lot.
4: Yeah, we've seen uh, Lewandowski to find in the net, to be in the positions that uh, he should be. We saw even the manager talking about Lewandowski not being in the place that a number nine is needed to be for the team. He wanted him to to give a little bit more. And today, yes, trying to make a point. He was right there where he has to be. He did a very good game, working hard, being in a position as a number nine and in the end scoring that fantastic goal. So hopefully we can see a little bit more of Lewandowski because it's true that he's not as sharp as we saw last year. But it's still the number nine uh, that we all know for many years, scoring so many goals. So they need the best of him for the rest of the, for the, rest of the season.
1: And Luis, it's interesting. You, were talking, you said that it was definitely a yellow card and Vito Jorge should have <laughs> gone maybe even a straight
4: red. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, not, a chance, not for a chance. I think everybody saw in the beginning, that just with one replay, you could see that there is no intention uh, at all to, to try to hurt the, the player. It's just to try to chip the ball over the, the Alaves player. And he's even the centre-back, the one who should have been uh, booked by the way that he made that challenge with the still showing up, as you can see right here. No chance for Vitor Roque to even touch the player. And it's unfortunate for the referee to uh, give a straight call, sending the second yellow card in just a few minutes for the young, for the young Barcelona player. I think the first one was already ball. I think mm. they shouldn't have been because it wasn't even a a tough clash in between the two players and that second one again I think that the players and the manager of Barcelona have said that they are going to uh, put a, a reclamation for for the for the the convenience uh, person in the in charge, and they're going to try to, to bug it up that yellow card.
1: Yeah, they've surely got to any sort of suspension that results in that. Uh, Luis, as always, uh, thank you very much, mate. Much appreciated. Of course, uh, La Liga continues tomorrow with a big game: Atletico Madrid taking on Real Madrid. That game live as our coverage starts at 2:30 Eastern. Be sure to join us. Uh, Plenty of reaction to what's happened this weekend right across the board. Be sure to go over to our YouTube channel and subscribe to ESPNFC.
7: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In the early game in the Premier League, it finished Everton 2 Tottenham 2. Richarlison scoring twice against his old side, but Harrison and Braithwaite with a late, late goal would see the spoils shared at Goodison. Let's welcome, shall we, Frank Le Boeuf is back with us. Don Hutchinson uh, as well, seeing his former team tie 2-2 against Spurs.
8: Uh, what did you make of that game, Don? Well, good game, but I'm stunned at Shaka saying the foul on Vacari. I mean, does he want to foul for the second goal as well? I mean, come on, Shaq. I know it's a goalkeeping union. Dear me, that's a weakness now for Tottenham with Vicario. Coming for crosses, he's not getting there. Not strong enough, Shaq. has
6: what, what your first goal got to do with the second goal? I don't understand. <laughs>
8: I'm just making a joke though. You oh. healed oh. your first goal. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> oh, oh, listen, and I'm, I'm, um, I'm,
6: I'm trying to remember who the player was on, on Vicario, but he's... Harrison. Harrison, he, he's not playing the ball at all. He's leaning on him. He, yeah, he's playing the man. But he's playing the man. He's, he's playing, the man. He's well, playing uh, the man. So the goalkeeper's so so the goalkeepers. So, 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 got, he's he's so, so the, Vicario's standing in a six-yard box. <laughs> he is nowhere near the ball. He's just allowed to run and move Vicario where he wants. That is that is, that, is allowed now? Yeah, I told you you've got, you've got attackers and defenders I'm asking you, can a player he's just on him. can a player can a player, lean without on a player. playing the ball, Can just, lean play on, on just play just, Can just he lean on play him? The, the, the man? So that's fine. That's okay. You lean on him, yes. That's okay to play the man? People do it every day of the week. Well, <laughs> well if, if that's the case. Exactly. I'm I, sorry. I I don't understand. How you nowhere near the ball, not playing the ball, only playing the man, and that's fine? I'll tell you what. With your
5: logic, right? With that logic, there's going to be... Every time was a corner, there's going to be a,
6: a penalty or a free kick. Listen, the, next time, a on, box. the next time a cross comes over into the box, <laughs> and, and, and 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 next, people doing the next exactly time a, a corner on. comes across into the box and the defender just manhandles a striker, as we've seen, and we've seen called, don't tell me that's a penalty. Don't, don't. Frank,
3: we've Frank. seen it time and time again. Yeah, I'm sorry, uh, the two defenders, but I will have to go with the mayor of Newcastle <laughs> and the president of the goalkeepers' union. Uh, I, I, think, I really think that Harrison doesn't play the ball. He, he only takes, uh, puts, try to put Vicario out, and it's a, it's a foul. You cannot do that. It's, uh, it's against the rules, and I don't go with the logic of, uh, of Stevie. Yes, you should be punished if you make s- stuff like that on a corner kick, because that's not how you have to defend. The rules are saying that you cannot block somebody, you cannot obstruct anybody, and otherwise it's a foul. That's the rule. It's been allowed, but it's uh, it's it's like from the pound, I would say, but uh, but it's it's forbidden. <coughs> the rules should be more severe. Even if it's Premier League, even if it's uh, English football, I'm sorry, Vicario has to be stronger. We talked about that last time. Maybe it needs the help of a, a defender to come in between him and uh, and uh, and Harrison for that. That, that example, but otherwise he should push. I want to ask Shaka uh, what what a goalkeeper is allowed to do in order to push the guy who comes to him? If he pushes Harrison, is it a penalty? Wrong. Or is it allowed to uh, clear the space?
6: Since you're asking me, yeah. If, well, if the, we go if, by the rules. Hold on, hold on. If the ball's coming over and Harrison is in is in vicarious way, and he just takes two hands and pushes him all the way. Then yes, it's a penalty. But now all of a sudden, Harrison's allowed to obstruct. That's the absolute right way that Frank uses, and that's fine. I, I don't get it. I I don't. So, I don't get it. so
5: hold on. There's four people here, right, that actually played at the highest level of professional football. That's a nice. And name we all it. know. I said four. to <laughs> 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 include? <think> <laughs> We all know that if we were, if the referees were to referee the game by the letter of the law and going by the rules, the the, the game would have no flow to it. But we all know that there are certain rules and certain things that are accepted, and you can argue to your blue in the face whether somebody pushes you or somebody pushes doesn't push you. But there, there is a level of where things like that are allowed. Okay, and go- he
1: didn't step over that mark. All right. Shaq, it was interesting because I think after the Manchester City goal, where you could question Vicario again, mm-hmm. that you said he needs some help. He needs a defender yeah. on his left to kind of defend him. Yeah. Why hasn't Postacoglu addressed that? I don't know. And, and I, that's something that he needs. I,
6: I, 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 can't, I can't answer that. I can't answer that. Um, I, because, again, you see it. And, and had a defender been there, maybe we having a, a, very different, a very different discussion. Um, this this scenario is different from the city from the city goal. I think it was, it was 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 it Diaz who was just standing in front of Vicario, yes. mm-hmm. which is fine. She's trying to come over the top of Diaz. Um, God forbid he pushes him. But let's not go down that alley <laughs> again. Um, so, but uh, but to, to your question, I, I I don't understand that. And and even if it's even if it is, for those two players to. For them to be jostling for, for position, and then the goalkeeper can take a position um, around that, or his movement around that. It, it frees up Vicario to do a lot more in terms of his own movement. So, for me, that that is one, I'm not sure, I, well, going to have to, Poster is going to have to take uh, the blame for that. You don't know if it's Vicario who just doesn't want anybody, the goalkeeper coach who sees it differently. But right now, that that. Uh, that responsibility falls for in manager.
1: Frank, overall concern at all for Spurs going forward, considering it's another late goal they concede?
3: It's always concern, you know, when you uh, have the possibility of getting the three points and uh, just get one and a draw. Uh, but I would say that I didn't see... Uh, I, I was pretty amazed by Everton and the way they were playing, especially the first half. I think uh, uh, Spurs more reacted that they acted and uh, and uh, and uh, the toughies made uh, made the job and uh, and I think uh, Richarlison was on fire uh, today and the two goals that he scored were absolutely uh, amazing. But otherwise, I was more concerned about the way the uh, Spurs all defended. We know that they have the strengths when they attack with Madison, with Richarlison, and some others. But I was um, yeah I was questioning the way they were thinking. Uh, defensively, and again we go back to the corner kicks. Every time they had a corner kick against them, or free kicks on the side, they were in danger. And Postekoglu has to solve those problems out because these set pieces are so important nowadays—or always been, but uh, even more now. But yeah, um, I think uh, I think it's going to be hard for them to well to be champion, that we all know, mm. but also to. Uh, to keep on thinking of the Champions League with the carry-on losing points at the end of the of any every games. Sheffield United 0-0, Aston Villa 5
1: it is how it finished at Bramwell Lane. You saw, in fact, four of those goals coming in the first half. Uh, after Leon Bailey scored in the 20 minutes, the home fans started to leave the stadium. A great result for Villa, more problems for Sheffield United. Uh, big statement, Don. I know it's only Sheffield United, but still from Aston Villa to go there and put five. That says something.
8: Yeah, great result. Um, I thought they were brilliant. I thought I Yori thought Kielemans and Douglas Ruiz were absolutely sensational in the middle of the park. And You mentioned Olly Watkins getting his goals. They are a side that can click and on their day, Villa, I think they're an amazing side to watch. I think, you know, Emery's a terrific coach. Um, even though they've been in a little bit of sticky form lately, they've dropped some points that they shouldn't have done. It um, was the game when they were winning 2-0 against Man United and they lost it 3-2. They've had a couple of draws along the way as well. So I feel as though in the last couple of weeks, I think they've hit their sort of blip. I think they're coming out of it. I mean, Newcastle beat them heavily, which is a body blow for them. I think they're expecting a win against Newcastle, but that didn't turn out right. But they responded in the right way. And you look at that team, it's a very, very attacking team. I still think there's one or two mistakes at the back in Longley and Carlos. But when you look at Douglas Luiz and Kamara, Telemans-Bailey, John McGinn, Watkins, I think it's a very, very strong side. And on the day, they can be anyone. I think I called it when you asked me the other week uh, between them and Spurs. Mm. It was a 50-50 and it was going back and forth. I think Spurs had a good, good result when Villa lost. It was 60-40 Spurs. I think it's bang 50-50 again. So, um, yeah, watch this space for who gets fourth.
1: Yeah, two points separate them, Frank. You get a feeling this was one of those contests that could go right down to the wire.
3: I'm not sure I understood your question, my dear. So Spurs and Villa are the
1: two, aren't they, competing? And it's difficult to think that one is going to run away from the other for that place in the Champions League, my dear.
3: <laughs> well, it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be tied. I'm sure, and, and hopefully until the end of the of the, the Premier League and the last day. We want to see that. Um, because otherwise, you know, West Ham, for example, and, or Brighton or even Manchester United, for me, are too far away. I don't think Aston Villa and Tottenham is going to drop so much points that will, allowed, uh, that will allow sorry, uh, West Ham, Brighton or Manchester United coming back. So I think it's going to be a real race of, uh, of two to, to get the fourth place. And um, right now, I see more Aston Villa, uh, even if they, they, they had an honorful game against Newcastle, I see them more, because they're more structured uh, than uh, than the, the posticoglu team. Interesting one, isn't it, Stevie? Yeah. I think the one
5: thing that struck me today with Tottenham was that they really only have one way of playing. I think that's the problem that they had today in particular. It stuck out that, you know, all Everton were doing when they got the ball was looking to get it in behind them. Right. Now, on the face of it, you're thinking, well, you've got Van der Ven, who's... Arguably quicker than anybody else defensively in the Premier League. But it got the the crowd into the game. And the crowd stayed in the game. Because basically everyone just fired balls forward. And it made it a fight half the time. And I was a little surprised that Tottenham had no answer other than to just play the way they've been playing all season. And so when you're trying to go forward all the time, all the time at pace, and you're not quite at it like they were today... You're coughing the ball up. And all it's doing is encouraging the opposition. And more importantly, when you play at Goodison and you let the crowd get into it, that heaps a whole lot more pressure on you. So
6: that would be my so one. So would you point. give
5: Villa the edge? I think I'll give Villa the edge, yeah.
6: Who would you like to give the edge to, Shank? Um, I, well, I, I said Villa some weeks back, but I'm, I'm, I'm again, not too sure. And I, I think this, this Everton game is, is a little bit difficult for, Villa, for, for, for Spurs in that I thought... Spurs just had no answer for, for Everton's physicality. And, and Spurs aren't an overly big team and Everton just, just kind of beat them up and, and took, it all, took it down to, to the wire. Um, but you aren't going to get many teams that physical or certainly that good at it as, as Everton between now and the end of the season. Well... Um, up to last week, you you asked me, I, I thought uh, Villa were a team playing with absolutely no confidence. And then all of a sudden, Sheffield United shows up. And, and if ever you need a confidence boost, I, I guess you can rely on Sheffield United for that. So I'd like to see how Villa respond. But as of right now, I, I, I just feel that Spurs have a little bit more. And let's keep in mind that heung Son is, is still mm-hmm. to return. I think that gives them a huge boost. So I'll see how Villa's confidence kind of... Um, is spurred by by this performance and, and result, but right now I'm leading Spurs. Could I my mind. You could do whatever you want, Stevie, because I'm just
5: thinking there. You know they've 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 got Yunman Song coming back. Yes. But if something happens to Ollie Watkins, right, those has got nothing else. Right. Mm. So that's why I've changed my You've mind. You've changed your mind to Spurs yes. now because of Shaka's
1: yes. wonderful analysis. You're yes. welcome. Well, there You're we go. You're welcome. You shouting him Please. a minute ago. Damn Lord. What a game at St. James's between Newcastle and Luton Town. It really did yo-yo between the two sides. In fact, at one stage, Luton were 4-2 up. In the end, Newcastle with two goals to make it 4-4. What a game in the Premier League we saw there. Uh,
8: Don, your childhood club uh, made you sweat a lot today? Oh uh, Yeah, it was part of the goal rush. I mean, 26 goals and five games, but this was the best game by far. I mean, difficult one to sort of analyse, really, because Newcastle were up twice in the game. They're up 1-0, up 2-1. Then before you know it, Luton are winning 4-2, and you're thinking, wow, this is reminded me of when Newcastle played Nottingham Forest, when Chris Wood scored a hat-trick, when Forest rocked up a couple of weeks back and won 3-1. And then you're thinking a 4-2 down, there's no chance of Newcastle getting back in the game, 4-3, 4-4. You take a point, but it's not really good enough. I I got asked before the game, my score prediction. I went 5-1 Newcastle. I thought off the back of a great win against Villa, Luton at home would be in great form. I thought they'd win it. But I get the feeling now Newcastle's strength is their weakness because it's in James's Park, it's very emotional. And that's where they're brilliant when, they, when the crowd get involved and all the players get driven forward and they have to drive on and they have to score goals. Like I said, it reminded me of the Forest game when Newcastle got a bit desperate in the game and Luton, their counter attack play, was absolutely off the charts. They were sens- sensational. They played the game really well and just kept hitting Newcastle on the counter on the counter in the end it was an amazing game but I think Rob Edwards the Luton manager being away from home would take a point having said that they were winning 4-2 so there's a slight contradiction there I think it's one of these where you don't try and analyze it too much and just say what an amazing game of football
1: but if you were to analyse it, you'd say two more points dropped from Newcastle. Yeah. We had such great expectations at the start of the season four.
6: Yeah, and, and if, you, if you start to believe that Newcastle were out of the, their worst spell of the season, players are starting to come back. I mentioned Harvey Barnes involved yet again. Uh, you're at home to Luton, you're expecting three points. Don certainly thought so with, with a 5 1 prediction. Um, but I felt, to Don's point, I felt you saw the best of Newcastle when they went 4 to down. All of a sudden, emotion really ramped up within St. James's, and, and you, saw, you saw the energy of Newcastle respond in kind, and, and you saw a, a high-pressing, high-energy um, side, side to Newcastle that I thought you hadn't seen for, for much of the game before that. And, and while, yes, we could criticize Newcastle um, for, for dropping points against, against Lowly Luton, I think we have to give Luton some credit here. You come to St. James's Park, and only one thing about Luton. Regardless of their position in the table and what may come at the end of the season, it seems as though they've just decided they're going to attack, play an open, open game of football. They're going to concede, but they're going to score as well. Um, and, and that is almost breathtaking. When are going to be safe, Sha- I think so. I am. I hope, let me say, I hope so. Just kind I'm, of given how open they are. Did you hate yeah. Everton? Um, I, th- I, th- I think I think I think Forest are in real danger. Right. I, I think Forest are Forest are, are, Forrest, Forrest Burnley, are in real danger.
1: United. Burnley came back. Didn't they two 0 down against Fulham? I-, I I I think Sheffield Burnley and right now Forest. Wow, Stevie. I
5: think Burnley and Sheffield are doomed. Right. Uh, and then from there, it's one of what. Four, maybe. Maybe even five.
6: Uh, Crystal Palace are absolutely sinking big time. You see, Everton is a weird one. Because you've got this points deduction, which you appeal. Maybe you get the points back and all of a sudden you shoot up the table. But you've got another kind of charge hanging over your head. So maybe you get more points deducted, which takes you all the way down Sheffield United. So it's it's weird to kind of figure out what's happening with with, with Everton. And of course, that has, because of, of how poor Sheffield United and Burnley have been, that has huge knock-on effects for everybody else because all of a sudden now it's one team. Who have you got, Don?
8: Do you know, if you take the points deduction away, I think the team that's bang in trouble, I think is Crystal Palace. They've played two games more than most. Uh, Michael say they lost him today. Um, he got brought on at half-time, only lasted nine minutes and limped off the pitch. Um, him and Eza, the, the two bright young players, are both missing. They don't score goals and Jeffrey Schlupp and Mateta... Uh, Jordan are you, they just don't score goals. They're an, they're an average team to watch. I felt for Roy Hodgson today because his team were awful and they got a spanking. It could have been six or seven. So to answer your question, I think the one that will drift really close and badly will be Palace. I've just got no idea what's going to happen to Everton. The form side are Luton. So on the face of it, as we sit here and, 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 and call how the performances are, Luton should be fine. But the worry is when you're down there and I've been there and you're Luton Town... And you're winning games and you're taking points. That can't last forever in the Premier League. At some point, your, your winning run's going to come to an end. It's, it's how, when you lose one or two games, which is inevitable, it's how you respond. I think they've got the character, Luton. I hope they do it, and they're going to do it their way. I'm, I'm I'm mumbling a little bit because I'm not sure. Because I think we're going to have to say this week by week. But the one I fear for is Palace.
1: Uh, Meanwhile, at the other end of the table, what a brilliant match it should be tomorrow.
8: Arsenal against uh, Liverpool. The world
1: will be watching. Uh, According to the bookies, Arsenal are favourites going into this tie ahead against Liverpool. Let's just see uh, the predictions that everyone has gone through. Obviously, we spoke about this quite a bit yesterday. Uh, I've gone for a draw. Stevie's draw. Shaka and Don have both gone for a Liverpool win. Draw, Stevie?
5: Yeah, I think it's tough to separate. I think, mean, in fact, that Arsenal are at home. It's why I'm going for the draw. Yep. You know, thinking about sitting on top of the league, you're playing against one of your competitors for the league, and you're away from home. I don't think Liverpool lose. I just, I just don't think they lose. Right. I'm not so sure that, that they win, though. I just... The only thing that worries me is the fact that Liverpool will go and try and play. Right. And Arsenal have had some, so much, they've struggled so much this year with breaking teams down because they haven't had any space. The thing is, Liverpool are going to give them some space because there's no question Liverpool will go forward in numbers and that will give the space to, to people like Martinelli and Sacco who haven't quite been at their best this year. So that's the one thing that, that worries me about Arsenal. But I, th- I think it's tight. And the fact that it is at Arsenal, that's why I've gone for a draw.
8: How cool should this game be, Don? Oh, it's going to be an amazing game. Uh, <clears throat> I think one little mention I think has to go to Conor Bradley, who's been in amazing form. We lost his dad today, so we wish him all the best. Um, so I don't think he was going to be involved because that probably would have been the talking point. Would Jurgen Klopp have stuck with Conor Bradley or put Trent Alexander-Arnold back in the side? But in terms of the game and how it's going to go... I, I, I sense that Stevie doesn't want to jinx it, but I guess exa- <laughs> I, I know exactly what he's saying with Liverpool away and the space and the low block that Arsenal tend to struggle. Liverpool are going to make this game wide open. They beat them in the cup. There's no reason why they can't do it again. If it was Anfield, I'd have them firm favourites. I'm just going to go for a squeaky Liverpool win, but it's only by the one goal.
1: Does City want an Arsenal win or a, or a draw, Stevie? Um, Chagan.
6: Oh, I, I think City want City a draw. Um, of. No, 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 I take that back. City won Arsenal to win. Yeah. Right. City won Arsenal to win. Right. I think City's, City's gaze is, is firmly on, on Liverpool. City may feel they have the, the beating of, of, of Arsenal as it is right now, and Liverpool be, being their, their, their biggest challenge. I and mean, then, if you've seen Liverpool play at any time recently, you, you fully understand that. I think everything is just clicking so nicely for them.
1: Uh, We'll, of course, be looking back at that game in some Great day of football tomorrow. You've got Arsenal against Liverpool, then you've got Real Madrid against Atletico Madrid. And then the best of all, it's us live. Uh, Be sure to join us.
7: Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C e-bikes.com.
0: must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
9: So that finishes
1: Bayern Munich 3 Borussia Mönchengladbach 1. Uh, let's uh, get some reactions, shall we? Here's the Ligs after the game.
10: We have to talk about next week, the big big hit against Bayern Leverkusen. It's just two points now between both teams. Is that the most important encounter this season?
4: Well, The most important because it's the next game, Uh, the next game is always important, Uh, it doesn't matter if you win there and you lose the next game so of course this is now the most important game because it's uh, our next game so we just have to focus on this and uh, we try to get a a good result.
1: So two points will separate the top two going into that clash next weekend. For more what happened today here's Kay and Ali.
7: Thanks, Dan. Well, as you just saw, both teams getting the win, which they needed to do to keep it 2 two points for that big clash next week. But let's start with Bayern. Let's start with Manuel Neuer. He needs to sharpen things up today, Ale. Well,
9: and it's not just Neuer. I, I think it's been a story of Bayern Munich all along this season in, in that they get themselves into trouble because of mistakes passing the ball out of the back. And in this case, it's a bad decision from Manuel Neuer. The whole team is spread wide open because you're trying to create some width as you have possession of the ball. So you have to create some width to have some space to play well if that's the case then your left back is up, your right back is up, your center backs are spread open And then you decide to play a ball along the ground, 40 yards, that the defender, in this case, Nico Elvedi, is able to see the whole way. Now Thomas Müller has his back towards goal. Thomas Müller should be stronger. He was, and Elvedi wins the ball. And because he wins the ball, once he wins it, it's not like he has to make some sort of spectacular move to create some space for himself. No, it's just complete one pass, follow the pass that you you just completed going forward, and the defenders are nowhere to be found because, as I just mentioned earlier, everybody is wide. And so... It's your own doing that creates a goal for Borussia Mönchengladbach. And now you have stress. Now you have tension. Now you have drama. To their credit, they score that goal by Pavlovich, which then puts him back into the game. I think settled the team down going into halftime. They were slightly marginally better in the second half. Not exactly convincing. They sort of run into a goal with Harry Kane and essentially the goalkeeper, Nicholas just dropping the ball for him. Then after that, Gladbach did didn't have a whole lot of answers or a whole lot of motivation to get back into the game. So I suppose if you're Bayern Munich, you take it, you take the three points. I just believe that there is something better from this team. And I think they have to bring something better come next week if indeed they're going to beat Bayern Leverkusen.
7: And Ale definitely wants Harry Kane to stay inside Mm, the box. That is 24 goals, though, in 20 Bundesliga rounds for him so far this season. It's a record for a debut season for a Bundesliga player at Bayern. Leverkusen, getting it done in an easier way today because we've seen two late winners from them so far in 2024. It was a draw last time out against Borussia Mönchengladbach. Nathan Teller coming up big today.
9: First 20 minutes were eh, eh, underwhelming from uh, Bayer Leverkusen. After that, they grab a hold of the ball. They grab a hold of the possession. They started creating some opportunities themselves, and now you get Nathan Tella involved down the right-hand side. Grimaldo, who was really good again down the left-hand side. Tella, who was playing playing in place of Fring Pond, he gets an opportunity. He scores a couple of goals. The second goal in particular from a very tight angle. Really good goal. Well taken. Florian Verst started to find spaces. When they're finding spaces in those moments of transition, Florian Verst has that space to now get his head up and find the next pass. They are really dangerous. Overall, though, Darmstadt that eh, this is just not a good team and it's not a team that is going to test Leverkusen and they shouldn't and they didn't and so it was comfortable enough for Leverkusen to for them to get some confidence score a couple of goals should have scored more But more importantly, Granit Xhaka did not get a yellow card, which means that he will be available for the game against Bayern Munich. You got the opportunity to rest some players ahead of the Pokal quarterfinal match against Stuttgart. And now Xavi Alonso has to balance out the conversation as to how much do I invest and put into that Pokal game to that quarterfinal match against Stuttgart and how much do I worry about Bayern Munich next week. It is going to be a really critical week. For what we consider to be a really good season for Bayern Leverkusen, this week may determine a lot of what happens from here on out.
7: Mateusz, trying to tell us after the game mm. that it's only the most important game because it's the next game, uh, but nope. nobody's buying that. It's absolutely the most important game of the season for uh, both.
9: Yes, it's a top spiel is what it is. It's a topspiel. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a deciding game, I think, for both, and, and the mindset of both. Think of what it means for Bayer Leverkusen. They've been flying. They're great. They're fantastic, unbeaten in all competitions. Okay, only team in the top five leagues in Europe. But they're only two points ahead. And so if you win this game, yeah, you create that separation. It's validation of what you've been doing. But what about if you lose that game? After all the good work that you've done, you're still trailing Bayern Munich. As for Bayern Munich, you can turn it around and say, we haven't been great. And yet we're only two points behind this team, and here it is an opportunity in front of us to win a match and to go top of the table.
7: Yeah, so if Bayern can become the first team this season to beat Leverkusen, they will go back on top of the table. It was great to see Dan in our studio. Oh, so yeah, nice he came on visited, yes. Same can't be said for Bundesliga, Shaq. Back oh, to you guys. Big time.
1: <laughs> wow, Shaq, rude. Uh, next weekend is the big one then. Bayern Leverkusen against Bayern Munich live next Saturday. Our coverage starts at 12 p.m. Eastern here on ESPN+. Right then, back to our feature game. Girona nil, Real Sociedad nil is how it finished, of course, that controversial goal that was uh, chalked off the big talking point at the end of the game.
10: Uh, a lot of your teammates felt outraged after that goal was disallowed, the Angel yeah. goal in the first half. Uh, do you understand the, why?
11: Mm, well, apparently, 45 seconds before Savio was outside and after... The Real Sociedad players, they touched the ball. We, we regained the ball, but apparently it can happen no? to go back 40, 40 seconds. Uh, I didn't know it. I think most of the players didn't. But uh, I don't know, I, th- I don't think it's, it's an excuse because we had a lot of, of minutes left to, to score, but it's a situation that uh, needs to be clear, I guess, for, for everyone.
10: So next game it's a tough one uh, in, at the Bernabeu and yeah. you will be without uh, some key players, like Yangel, uh, Daliblin and, and even the, the coach. Hmm. Uh, what do you think you have to do to, to try to win there?
11: Just be ourselves, uh, like we've been doing uh, the, whole, the whole season, we've been dealing with uh, with injuries uh, through the, the whole season and the team must keep uh, at the top of the league. So I think, uh, of course, we, we miss really important players for us, the Gaffer, but um, we need to, to keep playing like we are doing with the players we have because they've shown without you know, being uh, with some players out, uh, they, we still win. Uh,
1: Gemma, that big talking point obviously very much dominated, I imagine, all the post-match discussion.
4: All
10: the post-match and the players felt outraged. Actually, Eric was one of the uh, maybe more more quiet about that. A lot of them told us. We talked as well to to Yankoto and some of the other players of Girona. They, they didn't want to talk too much to don't get a, a sanction, but they were so upset. Yankoto uh, himself, they celebrated the goal like they were sure there was no kind of doubt that this will be a, a, an allowed goal. So they couldn't understand. And actually, the, the fans they were so sad. So so outraged uh, and when Michel was sent off, uh, all the stadium started a, a chant, a popular chant here that is, Asi, Asi gan al Madrid. This is the way Real Madrid wins uh, and the truth is that they felt even more sad because at minute 97 when the game was over already, uh, the referee showed uh, Dele uh, another yellow so he is going to miss that game as well. The same for the coach, the same for, uh, for Angel Herrera so they feel that maybe because they are small team they don't have that much power with the referees and and with La Liga to to try to have the same conditions. Uh,
1: Gemma how, long, how many hours have you been in uh, Girona now? 27?
10: <laughs> uh, I think it's about eight oh. eight or nine here in Montilivi it's a little bit cold I have to say. No it looks <laughs> warm, it looks okay, warm. Nice uh, thank you very
1: much Gemma much appreciated <laughs> of course Girona against Real Madrid next weekend Also, next weekend is a little matter of Bayern Leverkusen against Bayern Munich. Uh, Just a reminder, extra time is always available on our YouTube channel, be sure to check it out. Meanwhile, in Italy today, big comeback for Milan against Frosinone. They would win by three goals to two. Meanwhile, goalless between Empoli and Genoa, Unese and Monza was also goalless. Bologna with a 4-2 victory over Sassuolo. Taking a look at what that means in the table. Well, Milan for his stands at third. They're looking good for that, but it's all about the big clash tomorrow, isn't it? Uh, Juventus against Inter. Uh, that is it. That brings us to the end of today's show. But you want more? Who want want more, especially if Don Hutchinson is involved? Extra time is next. Stay with us. <music> Welcome in then, to the latest edition of extra time. Thank you very much for all your questions. Welcome back, Steve Nicol You seem you
5: nice. Got just recovered. You mean? Yeah. I've never. I must have done about what well, five days. Probably about eight mile a day. Right. Wow. Forty mile. Fantastic. It's a lot of miles, Stephen. So it's taken me. It's me till the day to recover. My legs were gone. My, hey knees, had cl- my knees had My knees are. Just tightened up. Lovely. What My it? groins
1: were killing me.
6: Lovely Both thoughts groins, as well. Yeah. My fantastic. Yeah. Didn't need that nice. part. Oh, <laughs> didn't need to do hey,
1: that. What a mess. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and what was your favourite ride? Well, in fact, we know your favourite ride. At uh, Disney World,
6: <laughs> the
1: water slide. Oh,
6: no, no. I've never seen somebody. I've never seen somebody make such hard work of a water slide. Yeah. Oh, he loved this
9: thing. It
1: was very. <laughs>
6: <laughs>
9: <laughs>
6: Where
1: are my glasses? Where are my glasses, going? I panicked. Yeah, yes. Uh, a lot of people were questioning why you needed to wear your hat on the uh, on the slide. I really thought I that. I really don't know. (laughs) 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 Uh, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, And there was not a concern that given that you've just bought your brand new pair of glasses, which you've already complained cost a lot of money. Yeah, when I went underwater, when I felt
5: the hat coming up, it was a Darth Vader hat, by the way. Oh,
1: oh right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> not,
5: not any normal hat. No. <laughs> but I felt something falling off, Right. And I panicked, because I thought it was my glasses. Yes. And all I thought was five on a box, I've just paid for these. Yeah, glasses. yeah. But it was all right in the end. And it was
1: all right in the end. Lovely. Hi. People were why there was no one else in the swimming pool.
5: <laughs> well, would you go in the
1: pool with somebody looking like me? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! And, and of course, you met some fans of the show. Yeah, around, is, yes. around, yes, yeah. uh, this person tweeted in saying, Dan wanted to say it was a pleasure meeting Steve at Disney World. My question is, will the impending return of Thiago Alcantara sway the title odds in Liverpool's a favour? Uh, we, I'm more interested in the picture that he took with you, because again, for a man who works with cameras quite a lot, <laughs> can't, can't find the cat. Where are you looking? <laughs>
6: <Good
1: idea>. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking for the pool. Like, where's the pool? If we just have a look at the attire, it looks like you're about to play golf. <laughs> <laughs> and well, is, I only brought one jumper with me. And is that a fanny pack? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah! Absolutely. <laughs> oh, magnificent. Well, I'd rather
5: look daft with a fanny pack than lose me phone. Right. On me pass. Yes. On me entrance pass. not ease. very practical. So, Non-practical, but it was a sensible thing to do. Yeah, exactly. So I don't care what it looked like. All right. Well, clearly, the oh, old yeah, yeah, outfit yeah. oh, wasn't you, exactly... You nailed that part. <laughs> <laughs>
8: How are you,
1: Don? You all right, mate?
8: Uh, I'm good. I mean, someone's got to make a program or something, a Stevie or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think watching. a
1: Stevie reality show would well, be Disney brilliant. Plus. Nickels on Disney. (laughs) Right, let's talk about some soccer. Um, Who is a teammate of yours who was great for your era, but whose game would not translate to today? Conversely, who would thrive now that maybe didn't do so much back then? Anyone ring a bell, Stevie? Yes. Okay.
5: I don't suppose a lot of viewers will remember this guy. Okay. He was a goalkeeper. His name was Steve Ogrizov. Oh, yeah. okay, so yes. So Big Yep. was 6'4. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna guess and say he was probably about 16 or 17 stone. Okay, yeah. we have to put
1: that in pounds. That's Steve. about 235. 235, thank you. 17 stone is 238, to be exact. Oh, right. well, yes. Thank you,
5: Shaq. So just Beautiful. Wrong. And so the fact that you would have to play the ball out with your feet. Unfortunately, no, game over. over. couldn't do that at right.
8: uh, Anyone spring to mind, Don, for you? No, I'm just thinking of the sort of hard men back in the day. Right. The Mick Harfords of the world and the Billy Whitehursts of the world, the yeah. Terry Horlocks of the world. I mean, amazing players, but wouldn't last five minutes. I mean, I love them all, don't get me wrong, just in case they're watching, <laughs> but probably wouldn't last five minutes in today's game. Yeah. Um, Obligatory
1: percentage question for Don. Percentage chance that Inter doesn't win the Scudetto this
8: season? Doesn't? Yes. Uh, I'm going to go 30. I think 70-30 in their favour. I think they've got the best manager. I think they've got the best squad. Um, Their starting eleven is, I think, stronger than anyone else. I don't see Juve keeping this up. I don't think Milan will get close, even though their form is not bad. Inter are the type of team they could go unbeaten. I think last time I checked, they we were unbeaten in about 16 or 17 games. So, I think it's Inter, firm favourites. What
1: a brilliant question this is. If you participated in an episode of Mastermind, what would be your specialist subjects? This is a, a quiz back in England, you could choose anything, basically, wow. to, mm. to focus on. You have to be no. Could you do, like, Liverpool? No. No? When you were playing? No. Only Fools and Horses. Only Fools and Horses. It's not bad, you've seen a lot of those episodes. uh, Yeah. Yeah. YouTube. Thank you, Dan, you're right. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely, Only Fools and Horses. Only Fools and Horses. I mean, uh, this is an old sitcom in the 80s, 90s, back in England. I mean,
5: basically, I go to sleep at night with Only Fools and Horses on.
1: There you go. So it's like you've you've been born for this moment. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah.
5: So thank thank you for reminding me, yeah, that would absolutely. Yeah. Only Fools and Horses,
1: no danger. Shaka, what about you? I don't know. Might be a math thing. A math thing? Yeah. Yeah, what's on it? Math, just in general. I don't know. Long
6: division? (laughs) (laughs) Multiplication (laughs) of of small numbers.
1: Multiplication (laughs) tables. Multiplication (laughs) of numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
8: Don, I don't even know where we would start (laughs) with. Uh Do you know what, Dan? I mean, I'd I'd be with Stevie for Only Fools and Horses, because I I obviously work on football. I come in, I can't be bothered with box sets. I don't want to get involved in them. Yeah. takes too much. So I like background noise, and I like things that I've seen before. Okay. Only Fools. But if you push me to be different, a movie that I've seen, I reckon, about a couple of hundred times, and I quite fancy myself to recite any sort of line in it would be Dumb and Dumber.
6: We've been what, sorry, Don? Dumb and Dumber.
1: Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and dumber. Well, there we go. I've seen it a million times, so I reckon if you give me a line. Yes. I reckon I could finish it. Perfect. So there's a chance, Don. Perfect. Right then. Oddly fitting. Yes, yes, I, I believe so, Shaka, indeed. <laughs> Seven sevens. <laughs> 49. Yes, come on. <laughs> I told you that story with the
5: two apprentices at Sheffield Wednesday, I
1: think. No, you didn't see, I don't think. So, Christmas
5: party. 1997. No story Sheffield, starts well. with Sheffield Christmas party, <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday, and I'm sat there at a table. So probably ten people at the table, and there's two young apprentices in the table. Okay. And I don't know how it came around, but we started calling them "Dumb and Dumber." Mm-hmm. And they ended up arguing with each other because <laughs> one was saying, "No, you dumb." No, I'm dumb and you're dumber. <laughs> <laughs> and they were sitting and arguing with each other. Who was dumb and who was dumber. I was sitting there with a paint
9: watching
1: Fantastic. So no, no, you're dumber I'm dumb. Don, why have you never considered going into coaching?
8: Um. I sort of did, but it, I, I did for a little while when I first sort of retired. I loved coaching kids. I, li- I like the way they sort of take the information on, and I like sort of working with them and watching them get better. I think it's an amazing sight. I've never really fancied the first team element. Basically, I'll tell you the honest reason. I didn't want to go back to school though. right? When I was in school, I spent my whole time looking out the window, watching the lads playing rounders or the girls playing rounders. And I was, just, I was just, all I loved was doing sport. And I had no time for school. Um, I had no patience. And to get to the very top, if you want to go into coaching, you've got to go back to school. You've got to do your badges, your, your B license, your A license, your pro license. It's quite a few years, even though you can get fast-tracked. I would have just been no good going oh. back to school. Oh. Out in the grass, I'd be fine. But going back to school, I spoke to Jody Morris. Um, not long ago, uh, when he was at Chelsea, and he said to me, he said, the amount of hours you've got to do on your laptop before you even get out in the grass in the mornings, you know, before you even start coaching, is hours and hours, and then you take the session, and then you've got to analyze how the session went, and the individuals- Listening about it is boring me enough, let alone doing it. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, <laughs> by the way if you're wondering what rounders is it's a game that we played in england which is just like we couldn't afford a proper baseball bat so here's a tiny right. stick to try and hit a ball well,
6: is stick? i don't think we used a stick for playing rounders in trinidad well what did you use, did you use? Yeah. your hand with your hand oh really yeah oh,
1: oh there you I can't go, go. I remember no, no it'd be a little tiny be a tiny little stick oh, we just whacked it with our hands just whacked it with your hand yeah, yeah. we've got big hands you're yo, yo, at that yo, yo, we don't right. need no stick there you go four fours 16. <laughs> <laughs> With Mbappe moving to Madrid, you didn't chip in on this, Don, during the show. What would you like PSG to do going forward? Try and sign a star player like Ibra, Neymar, etc., as they've done in the past, or invest in some no. younger talent with upside?
8: Younger talent. I think they've gone down that route They've gone the sort of Galactico route. It didn't work. I think now, I think the young players that they've got add to that, make them a sort of solid team. They might have to take a couple of steps backwards to go forwards. Um, but I think that way than just investing silly money into players that are not good enough or not fit enough.
1: Don, percentage chance, all three newly promoted teams go back down. So who's that? Forrest, Burnley, Sheffield United? Well, two of them have gone.
11: Yep. Two of them oh, have Forrest. gone for sure, 100% oh, yeah, there. Sorry.
1: Gone. Right, Chad.
8: Uh Yeah, so two of them have gone. Uh, Burnley, 100% gone. Sheffield United, 100% gone. Uh, look, I like Luton because I like what they stand for, Dan, in terms of Mick Harper told everyone who's sort of at board level now. He said, we're going to do it our way. We're not going to try and be a Premier League side in terms of playing through the thirds and inverted fullbacks. We're going to launch it. We're going to try and play. I give them a chance. So... I reckon the percentage chance of all three going forty percent. Forty
1: percent. There we are. It's got there. Did Kai make a mistake choosing Chelsea, Stephen?
8: Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah. yeah. Say so that by everyone. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I think. I think. I think. On most of the mistakes are on the side of Chelsea picking the players they did. Yeah. I mean. Yeah.
1: Uh, Stevie, with Van Dijk and Salah being around 33, 34 when their contract expires in 18 months, would it be the right decision to let them go either in the summer or at the end of their deal and focus on Trent's new contract that also expires in 18 months? No. No. Who's your priority, Van Dijk or Salah? Fool. Listen, I
5: I guess you have to say that scoring goals will always be the most important thing in football. Mm-hmm. It's why we play the game, it's why we love it. So I would I would suggest... Oh, God. Problem is Van Dijk's a huge part of it. You've done all right with Salah. See, here's the thing. Here's the, here's the other odd thing with Trent, right? Depending on who comes in, it seems inconceivable that you don't play Trent. Right. But what if a guy comes in who wants a right-back that defends? Yeah. Oh, guess what? They've got a right-back that defense. And a guy who actually can get forward and create and score goals as well in young Conor Bradley. Mm-hmm. So where do you play Trent? Yeah. Trent, that's... Because that's all it takes. It takes them to sign a Josie Mourinho that's Spurs dead and Conte and... Trent, where does Trent Alexander end up? What does he do? Uh-huh. Where does he play? Does he play? Do you sell him? Oh, so many questions. Oh, so many questions. So few answers. <laughs> so few answers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think on that point we'll say goodbye. Well, Thank well, you very uh, much. Dan, wait, wait, wait,
6: wait, yeah, what? How, how do you enjoy the Barcelona game? It's good. It was good. Yeah, yeah, a bit, yeah. bit, bit slow first half. <laughs> it was. It was. Thank you very much. Well, I was telling
1: Stevie it was. about. Hey! I tell, you I, what, I tell you
5: what, <laughs> that's what a night out in New York is doing. seriously? What
1: a flattering you picture. You look so comfortable.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
5: wow. how, wow. uh, how do you fall asleep in your early 40s? In the middle of the afternoon. I, I, I,
6: I don't know. I don't Shaka know. Don't start. <laughs> I do not
1: know, Stephen. You never see me doing that. Never. Never see me doing that. Shaq is the king of a nap. <laughs> never hear that. That's it. Never uh, want to hear another word from you. Thank Daddy. you very much. It's been a long day, Shaq, isn't it? It has been a very yeah. long day. Yeah, exactly. Well, at least you're well rested. Well, most definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Out tonight now. Uh, ESPN <laughs> is back tomorrow. Brilliant day of football. Liverpool, Arsenal, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid. We'll have it covered, of course. Be sure to join us.